the beginning of the day and this threefold system through which our, our energy operates the same energy same basis it operates through three um, domains the bodily domain the conceptual and the emotive the feeling sense mm-hmm. so bodily domain energy how is your bodily energy you know, is it it's not a matter of it's strong or not strong, it's a matter of steadying it, which is often you just lengthen the body, draw the body up, drop the shoulders, lengthen the spine, extend. Remember the joints, bodies have lots and lots of joints in them, structure. And our intention is to open the joints, you know, or at least have that, that attitude. Because we, we, when we get compressed, energy becomes uh, clogged, stale, stuck. Cultivate opening the joints, particularly lengthening the spine, drawing the body upright, drawing the back in, the lower back in, so that your spine can attain its full uh, supple rising quality. Remember the spine includes your head, so it's very common to have the head drop forward but, uh, this will always uh, bring more thinking in. When you drop your head forward, it cuts the spinal energy. So you've got a kind of like a the head kink tilts forward, the neck is kinked, and the energy doesn't flow so so freely. So what happens is you very common you know, for human beings is the head becomes energetically separated from the rest of the body and it gets intensely congested and we lead with our heads actually the head is part of the body uh, uh, and it has a role to play but uh, we want to make sure the energy can flow through and so naturally one of our fundamental meditation systems is to try to feel the flow of breathing from the abdomen all the way up into the head if you can't necessarily feel that, at least just sweep your attention. So just slowly drawing your attention down from the crown of the head, down the neck, over the shoulders, down to the base of the body. And do that a few times, just as if you're stroking a horse or a dog. Um, how is that? Is it all connected yet? Is it all here yet? And this process of using attention to widen, soften, lengthen the attention span this again is fundamental for meditation. Normally our attention is very momentary, it just bounces along from and often is welded to thought. So your attention jumps along at the rate of your thoughts. Now what we're trying to do is is widen the the attention and slow it down. So thoughts, although they arise, arise through attention. So as if you have a a wide field through which thoughts drift. Rather than you jumping along with a thought, your attention is staying still 
and thoughts are moving through it rather than the attention is jumping along with the thought it's, the attention is still thoughts move through it and so it's the difference between a dog and a lion you know if you're uh, standing in front of a dog with a stick and you're waving the stick dog its eyes are following the stick it gets excited and you throw the stick the dog runs after the stick you stand in front of a lion with a stick he's waving the stick the lion just sits looking at you <laughs> you throw the stick the lion's still looking at you <laughs> you have that kind of quality just uh-huh. you know, thoughts are waving around but you're not getting bothered by them you know? And uh, so then we begin to recognize uh, so in our uh, conceptual system as joints, just like the body has joints in it, and the joints are the spaces between the thoughts. Rather like the spaces between our limbs, we don't really notice them. We get interested in the thought. A thought is just what? some deduce that the thoughts we're operating with we've already thought before something 94% of the thoughts we have we've already had them once and they're just happening again and again (laughs) do you ever notice that? Uh. (laughs) so there's nothing wrong with you particularly it's just the way it is but if you notice the space between the thoughts because you're not bothered by them, you're not interested in them, you're not annoyed by them, you're not believing they're necessarily containing anything that valuable. This is just the thought. Like ducks flying through the sky. So you can deliberately think a thought. Very simple, like a simple word. Buddha. Buddha. Space. Pick the sword up again. Buddha. Space. It's an exercise to, to stretch your attention beyond the word of the thought. Because thoughts generally contain something other than the word it contains certain emotional resonance which again we may not really acknowledge we think we're being rational nobody's rational <laughs> there's people who deny their feeling <laughs> that's all uh, so all sorts have got some kind of niggly sound to them or a oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of those, excited, revved up, or some kind of mood is in it. And it's the mood that's getting us stirred, stirs the heart. We're curious, we want to get something going, we feel frustrated, when's it going to happen? We feel anxious, I'm really doing this right, I don't know, you know, what am I going to do? Or we feel angry, don't tell me what to do, I can come here for this kind of thing. Whatever. So it's this emotional resonance, and it's the heart quality. Huge amount of energy, huge amount of energy is used in this 
generating emotional resonances. And not them, most of them are not helpful. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of discordant, unfulfilled, incomplete. Now, two, two fundamental attitudes in meditation. One is to deliberately conduce a, a helpful emotional resonance, such as may I be well. No, no, may I be well? When am I ever going to get well again? I don't feel so good today. May I be well? And the sound and the tonality producing a tonality that's actually sincere. May I put respect my welfare? The words, you know, are all words that can be cliched. But that genuine sense of goodwill is such a absolute necessity in in practice in life. Because goodwill, the simple fact is, goodwill feeds you, and ill will poisons you. It's as simple as that. These are not these emotions are not they have effects, and these effects layer lay down residues in the heart. And all of us, I'm sure, have experienced severe disappointments, feeling mistreated, annoyed with ourselves, feeling a bit despondent, and all those residues have not necessarily disappeared. They kind of lay a, uh, uh, residues in the heart of, oh, I feel like grey, you know, struggling. Yeah. So, and then the heart is always operating through trying to not experience those, those, those unpleasant resonances. We don't want them. We're trying to find something to make us feel good. And generally this feel-good factor is going to come through sense contact. You know, have a drink, have a cup of coffee, have something to eat, play some music or something. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is another way to do that. When we cultivate chanting and sound, you're not trying to concoct an emotion, but just the sense of, of sound moving through your body with a pure tone to it. The bright resonance. Soothing resonance, because long, unhurried, steady, in just organic. It's not concocted, it's not just a cliched sentiment, it's directly felt. And with that, the attitude take your time, enjoy, linger, 
let yourself open to that. These are these are attitudes that are conducive to the heart's brightness and in goodwill. Now we invoke those those qualities quite physically. You know? And the attitude with with making sound, and you can do this internally, quietly to yourself, without necessarily closing your throat, just conceive of a sound, bright sound, listen to the sound. And the sound will always cause the mind to open, and hold it, mind holds it, till it's finished. And the sound disappears, and the mind is holding the space. What's in that? It's not going to be grumpy, negative, stirred. It's just going to be an open stillness. And that stillness is there for just a microsecond or two. And the sound bring the sound back again. So you're this way. You're continually resetting the mind in terms of its energy in terms of its uh, content, because the content of a sound is it's, it's impersonal, it's not me regurgitating my history, it's not me having an opinion about thing myself or everybody else or whatever, it's not that familiar nattering voice that, that I identify with, it's just the pure sound. Oh, there's an openness to that. And listen to that. And it dissolves into silence. And... Now, if you bring that in with your breathing, the breathing acts as a physical vehicle, so you've got something even more tangible to hold on to the physicality of it, the flow of it. So you've got the physical quality, an emotional quality, a very simple conceptual quality, such as the sound. Oh, or ooh, or buddho, buddho, silent, buddho, silent. Then you pick up the word again. Buddho. Inhalation. Exhalation, silent. Pick up the sound again. Silent. Silent. This is this steadying itself is an act of goodwill. So rather than than just uh, trying to think of goodwill, we, we produce it. The quality of steadying, holding something steadily, that's not impatient, it's not anxious, it's not irritable, it's not half-hearted, it's a steady holding. Holding something steadily is an act of goodwill. The will is steady and good. Listen to it. We're bringing up a quality that is a sense of brightness to it. This just helps to to clean some of the mental energy 
In the silence, opening into that, the open space, and then whatever arises, you know, if you then you maybe release that process, keep the space open, whatever arises, see, notice what your mind does, whether it jumps onto a thought and starts struggling with it meandering with it, reacting to it, suppressing it, adding more to it. And we feel like we've lost lost the spaces. So let's return again. Using your breath as a physical uh, anchor or vehicle. Sound, emotional resonance, simple concept that you can pick up following it through, sciences, steadying, purifying mental energy. And when the mind does feel steadier, its energy is cleaner, clearer, steadier, then we can begin to use, uh, use it. What's worth thinking about? And pick up a simple thought, may I be well. And the mind stays there because it's learned how to stay and hold. And then you can then pick up particular topics that support directed gratitude someone is preparing food for me I have shelter I'm warm nobody's bothering me yeah that's true I have to bust my guts at the moment to get something done. <laughs> That's great. Things that you can recognise the absence of negative qualities, which we don't always recognise. We recognise negative qualities when they arise. Somebody is bothering me. <laughs> you know, I, have, I am being pressurised. But then notice when they're not there, the absence of pain, pressure, abuse, distress, deceit, and clean. Notice what isn't there. The weight is off. And this is important because generally what really sits with us is the pieces we haven't been able to digest. The gritty stuff. The stuff that didn't we couldn't just swallow and let go of the gritty stuff, the hurt. And then mind goes back to that stuff. And that again. Very common. So you turn to, well, that's not saying that isn't the case. That was terrible, that was disappointing, that was unfair. Right now, it's there. 
you haven't got the equipment to deal with it, otherwise it would have gone by now. This was last year. This was five years, this was ten years ago. <laughs> Clearly you don't have the resources to clear that yet, because otherwise you would have done. So before you can rather just go into it again, you need to get the resources. Your resources are things like steadying the mind, uplifting, notice the the absence of negative factors. One hasn't got toothache. When you have got toothache, you just think, if I didn't have toothache, I'd be happy. And you would for about three seconds. (laughs) So there's something else bothering you. Linger on the space, on the absence of negativity. You can always, so that's a very important release place. You disengage from the obsessive, captive, captivated state of mind. So the mind is then able to, to have the strength and the openness and the confidence to release some of its distress. Until we have that, we can't. You suppress it. You distract yourself, but you don't release. And the nature of our experience as people, as human beings, as human chittas, is whenever distress has occurred, we either resolve it, okay, it's over, or we suppress it, or we distract. Because you don't get over things. It's not like, oh, well, that was yesterday. No, it's not. The chitta doesn't know what yesterday means. It knows what feeling is. And if something's been felt strongly, it hasn't finished. You've either just managed to look the other way or you've pushed it down. That's what we do. So and some things are really are but rather difficult to really resolve and release. You need resources. So we're cultivating those resources, strengthening attention, unlocking it from the thought, so thoughts can flow through attention. Yeah. A skillful or supportive uh, thought, lengthening your attention over it, bringing a sweet tone bright tone, a steady tone, whatever tone is suitable for you, a grounding tone, a, a sighing relief tone, but lengthen it till, you, till the tone goes into silence, because that's the track that you want to know. You want to know how forms move into emptiness. Not just know it as an idea, but experience how a thought you know the way they, they curl and race. You want to know how they just go into bye. This is a really important track to know. 
because that's where the pain goes. <laughs> that's how the pain drains. It rises, it's felt, it's held. The mind opens around it, it can open around it, doesn't just react to it. And you stay with it and the feeling arises and it goes down that drain. Not because you're pushing it away, because you, your mind is holding it steadily, sympathetically, without clinging to it, without resisting it, without reacting to it. Now this is quite a big thing to do, and yet it is the thing to do. You could say in some respects, it's the only thing to do. The rest of it will happen by itself. The joy will come, the clarity will come, the releases, the understanding will come. the brilliance will come if you clean out if you get your drainage channels open and release this is what the Buddha's teaching on the Four Noble Truths was about all conditions arise that's what they're supposed to do they're they're telling you this is what you have to be with they'll give us an exercise to find that drainage channel for that and then it means that conditions can arise that's okay thoughts can arise because the channel is clean it allows things to form and dissolve so cultivate using and uh, the more you can bring all three aspects that's the body energy the emotional energy, the heart energy, and the conceptual energy together, then um, you've got a way of really opening those channels. There's no point just using your thinking to to try to figure your thinking out. It's like picking something up with sticky fingers, trying to get the stickiness off it. It's already sticky. But you pick it up with your body, body is not a concept it doesn't have an opinion it just breathes and there's something incredibly resourceful about that so when we bond our mind, our attention to a bodily process and this very simple phasing of the bodily process which is all bodily processes what well, breath process is very obvious begins from nowhere emptiness it comes into fruition fullness it empties out and it, it does the opposite getting your mind to tether to that opens that particular energetic channel so the the fundamental quality of energy behind all these forms is begins to connect to that process, fall in line with that process, and then the emotional energy will follow the same process, and then even the conceptual energy will follow the same process. As the feeling is felt, it arises, it feels like this, and it passes. A thought will come, bubble, 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 and it will rise, and it will too will pass. And we begin to get a sense of real uh, openness and firmness.
The firmness is because we're not shaken. The openness is because we're not resisting. We're not holding on. This firmness and openness is the sign of the of the balanced mind. So let's take some time for practice. And um, I'm saying, you know, just lengthen, open your body, and keep returning to that. If you're finding the energy of your mind is beginning to cause your body to get compressed or stuck or twisted, uh, if you want to stand, stand for a while. You can any time you can stand for a while, ten minutes or so, and then sit again. So you're trying to keep your body as light and open as possible. Yeah. Uh, let your energy of your body drain in so that your, your, as much of your energy is in your, your abdomen and chest as is in your head. Uh, and then wait for your breathing to, to arise. Follow it through. And you can then, you can put this verbal sound label onto it. You don't have to, but you can. That just helps to, to flavor it a little bit. Give it a certain flavour. Rather than the mottled, discordant flavours of our unprocessed emotions, we put the flavouring of a bright tonality or a steady tonality onto that breathing. This is a purifying effect. That first sense is establishing the pure tone, and the second process is witnessing that all of it arises and passes. These are essentially the two aspects of mind cultivation. So let's take some time for that.